0: The reason Zoho Schools succeeds, if it succeeds at all, is because Zoho Schools is inside the Zoho campus. Yeah. More learning happens osmotically, not yeah. in the classrooms. It happens when in the corridor, the CEO is walking by and there is an impromptu conversation about, hey, what you're doing? Oh, is this, what ha- is, the, is this what is happening? And so on. The Evening cricket, lunchroom banter. The first year is in the classroom. The second year, we actually embed the student in a team. Mm. The student gets to experience a team stand-up meeting, a sprint. Mm. He gets to do a little, a small little bit of the real launch process. Mm. And that, I think, is golden in its uh, uh, contribution.
1: Deep conversations about what really matters with the best minds in business, startups, sports, music, and many more. This is the best in class podcast. So, firstly, thank you so much. I know it was a complete cold email out of the blue request, and you have very kindly offered your time. So, I, I very highly appreciate it.
0: Sure, it's an honor. I actually listened to the um, previous episodes of your podcast and uh, to be included in the series where (laughs) Sridhar started it and so many other uh, big achievers. So I'm really happy that you've included me in this list and I wonder if I can live up to your expectations.
1: (laughs) Thanks, thanks Rajendra. And uh, the reason why uh, I do this podcast in general, right, and the reason why I thought you would be a great addition is I want to learn from folks of uh, various folks. I want to learn from people who have done unique but very impactful things in their lives. And I feel the work that you have done with uh, Zoho Schools uh, and I, by the way, I want to pause and just give an intro from my end of what I know of Zoho Schools to my listeners. Um, this started off as Zoho University and, and Rajendran, whom you are listening to, uh, is the president of Zoho Schools. Uh, he's been with the company for 25 years, I believe. Yeah? Yes. And uh, this started off as Zoho University and now is uh, called Zoho Schools. and what this is, is a unique um, uh, platform, I would say, uh, that was created to unlock talent in uh, rural areas and in areas where you could not find such talent and also uh, nurture these youngsters from a very early age to become very proficient tech talent. Right? So uh, when Zoho University was uh, started, the curriculum was designed in a way that combined both the theory aspects of it. Along with practical implications of working side by side with product managers in the same environment and making them ramp up very quickly and by the age of somebody who was a 12th pass would get into this program and in 18-24 months they would become a proficient engineer or a product manager or a designer. And that has now uh, evolved and matured into Zoho schools and uh, what I also understood from my research was uh, now there are multiple Zoho schools uh, for uh, uh, technical skills, for design skills, for business skills. So it's only, I I believe, uh, it's only getting bigger and bigger. So that's my understanding of those Schools, Rajendran.
0: Uh, Yeah, so uh, over time, we have uh, repeated it in uh, various forms. And one sentence seems to flow through our tongue pretty easily and seems to capture what we are trying to actually achieve here. We call it a meaningful alternative to conventional college education. Mm. That's what we have settled down on. Mm, so mm. there are these uh, various paths that are not accessible to a majority of our youngsters because of uh, opportunity. Probably they are in a rural background. Um, economic reasons, probably they can't afford it all the time. Probably because of uh, a situation, uh, uh, a particularly cruel, tragic moment in their life, which coincided with some 12th board exam or mm. some uh, personal family moment where the moment they are taken off that uh, uh, moving train, they yeah. find it very hard to come back because yeah. life doesn't give them that second chance. So we want to position this as a, a beautiful alternative, a second chance, something that looks at uh, what they have been achieving throughout their life, not at one particular three-hour um, uh, moment Mm-hmm. where they have to write an exam and pass and get marks in it. So many achievers in the world are not great exam takers. Yeah. So we want to also see how well they perform uh, as a, in an attitudinal environment. Also, we want to know if we can really institutionalize the concept of cooperating rather than competing. Mm-hmm. Can a team of people, uh, talented people, cooperate to achieve something larger than what they could do individually, rather than just compete in a, Even MIT, even Harvard has a competing environment. We want to see if we could actually break that. So we decided to abolish marks and tests and so many other things we tried over the years as experiments. And like you pointed out, we started as a a test, a school of engineering, a school of uh, programming software development. Over time, we have realized that some nice um, concepts and approaches, pedagogical approaches can be abstracted from it. And we now started a school of business, a school mm-hmm. of design. And we also put them all together into something called the school for advanced study, mm-hmm. where we allow the students to pick an elective. You can be a designer and learn learner. Uh, a tidbit of programming, you Mm. can be a marketer and get your hands dirty in design. So we are also experimenting with that.
1: Wonderful. And the best part for me, and the inspiring part that I observed was, uh, you tend to take students from very difficult backgrounds, as you said, uh, from different economical backgrounds, from difficult family situations, the fact that they are getting paid to learn is something that is mind blowing, they get a stipend when they study with you. And uh, that is itself life changing for many of these students, that they don't have to depend on their parents anymore to get knowledge and the fact that then uh, they perform well and then they join a, a company as reputed as Zoho, uh, which has international opportunities in terms of impact and they are able to make a name for themselves in this company, I think it's a fantastic model. Um, I only wish that this gets replicated across multiple companies and uh, multiple smaller satellite towns in the country and we. I hope to see Maybe a thousand more tenkasis and a thousand more uh, small smaller towns, uh, you know, adopting this model, and a thousand more companies adopting this model. more, and more. So right. So that's so, what yeah. our
0: uh, yeah, that's what our CEO Shrida uh, brings mm-hmm. up whenever we tell him about uh, there is this company that uh, seems to be coming up with something similar to mm-hmm. our own approach, and uh, we tell him that we heard about this company offering a. Uh, degree with their own university or there is this university which is trying to uh, create an incubation environment similar to ours and he says where were they all these years it should have (laughs) been uh, uh, happening so much more frequently we simply cannot handle the demand out there Mm. there is so much that needs to be done and so little that we are doing yes we are having a real life-changing impact for at least 150 200 families every year but that's simply not enough. It's a drop Hmm. in the ocean. So um, we are trying to encourage, um, Hmm. we have been hosting companies, universities from around India, where they send a couple of their professors to study us Hmm. and uh, look at our curriculum and interview our students and our faculty, sit in the classroom. They've done all that. Hmm. But I, I kept, telling them that the secret sauce, if there is any secret sauce really, Mm -hmm. is not in the curriculum, It's not in what we teach, it is in who teaches it and how. Mm. We Mm. we chose these three words, we said contextual, relevant and immersive. Mm. That's what our experience would be. Mm. We wanted it to be contextual, we will not teach anything that the student can pick up on their own, Mm. if needed, Mm. when needed. Thing that we teach we will have a dotted line that connects to he see here this is how you're going to be using it mm. yeah that's contextual and relevant so the the moment we teach something and uh, that evening they'll be actually seeing a practical implementation of it by somebody in the company who's actually doing it so a designer an animator would come and uh, demonstrate something and uh, the way he is demonstrating it the the concept he is demonstrating would be something he's actually building for a zoho product yeah. so that is very very different from uh, in Tamil they say it churai kai that is uh, stuff that is uh, actually just worth in the paper but not really uh, tangible and three dimensional something that you can feel and look and experience so when when you when you compare the academic uh, experience in a school environment where the teacher or the professor has never had industry experience. Very rarely do we see professors with many years of experience. And even if they do, Mm. they are not in it today. All our faculty members are actually practicing professional. Mm. And so they are in tune with the design trends. They are actually participating in the marketing campaigns that Zoho and its products uh, indulge in. And so they are able to draw examples from it and immerse the student in that experience. That is what I think is the difference. Many many uh, governments in India, state governments offered us space and said, uh, build a Zoho University here. <laughs> yeah so we said the the reason zoho schools succeeds if it mm-hmm. succeeds at all is because zoho schools is inside the zoho campus yeah more learning happens osmotically not mm-hmm. in the classrooms it happens when in the corridor the ceo is walking by and there is a, a impromptu conversation about hey what you are doing oh is this what ha- is the is this what is happening and so on the evening cricket lunchroom banter Hmm. The first year is in the classroom. The second year, we actually embed the student in a team. Hmm. The student gets to experience a team stand-up meeting, a sprint. Hmm. He gets to do a little, a small little bit of the real launch process. Hmm. And that, I think, is golden in its uh, uh, contribution. Amazing.
1: I think a uh, lot to unpack there. But uh, I'll, I'll start from a bit of history, Rajendra, if I may. Sure. Sure. Uh, when when was this started? How many years ago?
0: So this was started in 2005. Okay, got so it. Yeah, so yeah, 16 years. And
1: tell me your thought process when you set it up, and what was the genesis, the spark of that idea? What were the initial batches like, and and how did you iterate on it? What were your initial learnings and failures? Just talk about the early days. Sure,
0: sure, sure. So. Um... Hindsight is pretty clear, they say, don't they? So um, also in every retelling of history, there is a little change that happens to the original memory of it. So I'll probably give you the 205th uh, iteration of uh, Mm -hmm. the original story. So let's look at it this way. Uh, We have a vibrant intranet. Mm -hmm. uh, Zoho by itself is a very flat hierarchy. You must have uh, heard about it already. And uh, Sridhar, our CEO, was a pretty active participant in the intranet forum. So one uh, afternoon, one fateful, eventful, interesting afternoon, he was talking about um, how students in college uh, who do degrees in um, civil engineering or BA in psychology end up becoming software engineers. So what is this connection? What is the correlation? Where do they start? What do they go through and how do they land up here? And that little conversation triggered a poll in the intranet. Mm. So the question in the poll was how relevant, how meaningful, how useful for what uh, was what you studied at college mm. for your, jo- for your uh, job that you're doing? Today. How relevant and useful was what you studied at college to the job you're doing? today. And that's when we started getting the data in. So many of them said, I wasted parents' money. I wasted time. Mm. Most of them said the teaching was bad. Some of them said the teaching was good, By but I wasted my time. Mm. And that was the time I think Sridhar was also um, rereading. He does some uh, book reading in groups with us. So he suddenly encourages us all to read a book. Mm. So today the book is How Asia Works. Mm. It's a book about how uh, some countries in Asia really do well, the economy is booming. Uh, Earlier, it was uh, The Road to Serfdom by Frederick Hayek. Mm. And uh, this poll was coinciding with uh, the reading of the book, uh, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Mm. by Robert Persig is the author's name. And in that book, there is an interesting coincidence where the he's a professor. He goes back to college and he starts teaching and he changes the whole approach because he realizes students don't know what they are getting into, why they are studying, what they are studying, how the uh, mark system, the grading system is choking creativity and uh, why a break here, yeah, uh, an immersion, excursion into The real world is probably useful before you come back and finish your education. There were some very interesting ideas in that book. It's a book ahead of its time, Sridhar says. And I think it was written in the 80s, 70s, 80s. And uh, the end of the poll, uh, Sridhar just posed the idea. I think we should train our students, um, train our employees and catch them younger. So why do we need a college at all if that is not really adding value and only subtracting time? So he started uh, connecting the dots backwards to his own PhD. Mm. And he made a bold statement saying, I probably wasted five years doing Mm. my PhD at Princeton. I might have achieved much more had I, that was the way he summarized. So we wondered if we could really put that into practice. That is something I'm really thankful for. Zoho allows many experiments as long as they are small and as long Mm. as the turnaround time is uh, short. It allows for experimentation. So, one of the experiments we did was uh, we rustled up a question paper. We ensured it was bilingual. Mm. We didn't uh, expect programming knowledge because there were so many schools still without even a computer or Mm. a computer teacher. So, we only looked for 10th standard mathematics, Mm. not even 12th standard mathematics. We just wanted to know and ensure that the student hadn't forgotten 10th maths, Mm. not that he had learned. 12th maths, because we, after understanding what software is expecting, we have understood that uh, there is uh, an aspect of maths that probably is not even needed for developing software. So arithmetic, permutations, combinations, uh, probability, these were the areas that we focused on. And uh, we looked for that intangible fire in the belly, sparkle yeah. in the eyes. face-to-face interview. So we went to a nearby school, a government school, picked six students from among the hundreds who appeared for the test and, the, and uh, looked around for some faculty in the organization. We didn't recruit from outside. We didn't go to colleges to recruit. Are there any old timers who have been there, done that, who want to pass what they have learned the hard way to the students in the next generation. We were really happy that uh, more than we needed, we got more applications than we needed. And uh, we set up a small room, six students, two faculty members. We chose just three subjects, English, mathematics and software engineering. And we also ensured that we will not go the conventional way. So we said um, zero fees, Mm -hmm. because they should be able to afford it. Zero attendance, because that is when the onus is on the teacher, the professor to make the class interesting. If the teacher is going to just be a sage on the stage and uh, Mm -hmm. download stuff from the Internet and uh, repeat it to you, the student can bypass and get it directly from the Internet. Khan Academy was already happening at that time. Yeah. MIT courseware was already available at that time. So how can we be meaningful as a middleman or a middle woman? So we focused on that. And uh, we also said we will pay them a uh, stipend over time. We started with zero zero payment, and then we started paying them slowly. And we said no examinations because that was something that uh, we realized uh, is just a system that the students find a way to... Uh, bend around Hmm. they if there is an exam they prepare the day before the exam and they vomit during the exam and forget the next day after the exam so if there is no exam at all Mm. The challenge is to continuously learn, uh, learn relevantly, learn in a connected manner so that there is a long chain of connected uh, learning points. So that is something we uh, ensured we put in place. English was taught not in the Ren and Martin grammar approach, but conversational. Mm. So we said uh, the RWLS, that will be your sequence. You will first learn to read. It's okay if you can't write, but read. Because somebody might write something to you, you need to have to read it and understand it. decode, then probably writing because you can take infinite amount of time composing what you and then listening because there may be a call from a customer because it was all about job readiness and getting into the high tech IT environment. Mm -hmm. So listening and then finally, the few who were very good got into speaking handling calls or presenting out something, communicating an idea, leadership material. So these were uh, some very early pillars that we actually uh, laid the foundations for. And around that, we added uh, concepts like our curriculum should, should be always malleable. I remember a couple of years ago when Apple came up with the Swift programming language and soon after there was the Kotlin language from uh, JetBrains and uh, Google, we actually did a pivot in the middle of our academic year. We stopped uh, teaching something and, the, and we shifted it to mobile development with uh, Swift and Kotlin, And uh, we are pretty proud of it because I, I actually have a finger in the um, a pulse for what's being taught in colleges. Mm-hmm. And I, I keep hearing how ancient the curriculum still is. Because every time you want to change the curriculum, you need to go through too many hoops. You'll have to get permissions, you'll have to apply, you'll have to concur to some prescribed book and syllabus. I'm saying students keep asking us, what book do we read? What book do we study? I say if it's printed in a book, it's already obsolete. (laughs) That is how fast the technology world is changing. And uh, students understand that are so many uh, little things like these. Parents keep asking us, will you give us a certificate? Is it affiliated to a particular university? Can they go for higher studies? Our answers seem to have satisfied them because every year since the time we started with six students in 2005, we are fielding 170 students this year. I'm really happy about that.
1: Wonderful stuff and I think a lot of what you said makes so much sense that uh, these three subjects I think for especially for the software space and even in general I think math and English and logic I would say, computer science at the end of the day is mainly logic. I think these three skills will make you job ready more than other skills and especially at that age uh, we're able to teach them with very hands-on approach, are able to put them in a real world situation. I think the learning of our most students will be vertical, they can, they can.
0: Yes. And uh, talking about English, uh, it's an unfortunate uh, colonial inheritance, perhaps, Uh, we are enamored by uh, a person's English speaking ability. And that seems to hide uh, the person's inabilities, actually. And the converse is also true, some true diamonds Hmm. mathematically logically very strong students hmm. simply because of their inability to talk good english have not got through the conventional gates hmm. so uh, when we get them we we interview them these past, past two years we have been doing video interviews otherwise we will be doing in person interviews either at our campus or at their school hmm. we actually talk their local language we interview in tamil in hmm. telugu in hindi that's how we interview and when they come in newspaper reading uh, magazine reading, movie watching, English is probably the most interesting uh, uh, lessons and uh, the classes at Zoho schools, because it's all about uh, this uh, uh, peripheral learning. Mm. They learn by, Sridhar would have posted about uh, uh, economic theory or uh, the outlook for the next quarter mm. in our intranet. We open that up. And we learn about the company. We learn about the culture of the company. And we learn an interesting turn of phrase that Sridhar has used. He, he recently used the phrase, let's circle the wagons, he says. Mm. So we immediately open up circling the wagons. We look up a video, what it means really, what's the connection, what's the context, and then we continue. Right? It's almost like uh, you get everybody onto a tour bus. Hmm. And uh, the vehicle keeps going, but once in a while you stop and get everybody out and say, "Uh, look at this tree. This is the tree Hmm. under which the Buddha sat. Take a selfie if you want. Enjoy it. Go around. Look at that particular point. Okay. Any questions? Now let's continue our journey. So this is uh, a pretty interesting and a different approach. We have uh, the the good fortune of Hmm. tapping into a live heartbeat of a successful company. Yeah. That is why Zoho Schools really exists and works, I think. And I last made and we have made mistakes. We have made mistakes. Mistakes have been torn apart, Mm threadbare, in public. We learn from that. Mm -hmm. People say people say they learn more from mistakes than from the successes. And we are able to say that. The dirty underbelly Mm -hmm. of the of the beast. We have seen it.
1: So I'll, I'll throw the question back to you, which you mentioned while you were speaking in passing, right? If this model can create such value, both for the company and for the participant, how come it has not scaled? When you speak with other universities and companies, what, what do you see is usually their uh, pitfall or their, their stumbling block?
0: Yeah. So a couple of things. I would say we still are not as, uh, uh, as risk-embracing as we should be. People still want the beaten path. Mm. Uh, There is too much pressure from parents and society. Mm. Mm. I actually use a a phrase called the Dubai uncle. Okay, Mm. the Dubai uncle. Dubai, Mm. Dubai. (laughs) The Dubai uncle is Uh. this rich uncle who made it big. Yeah. And uh, he's related to the family. He sends money, perhaps. He sponsors the child's education, perhaps. But uh, we have only seen him in photographs and video Mm. calls. And then uh, right around the time you're doing your public examination and 12th standard and you're going to decide your career, he lands at mm. the house and says, hey, what are you going to do? And starts giving you advice, unsolicited advice. Right. Yeah. So you want to become a music director, you want to become a cricketer, there are so many other vistas open for you. And mm. he says, no, 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 in my time, this is what I did. This is how you should be going to. Mm-hmm. Right. So it could be the next door auntie, it could be your own uncle. So mm-hmm. the, the problem is they really mean well. Yeah, They really mean well, but they are not aware of yeah. how the world has changed since their time. So the biggest risk you can take is not to take any risks at all. Yeah. So I, I I really pity them. So Mm. one of the things I always do is when I talk about Zoho schools to parent groups, I bring up this Dubai uncle. Mm. The tragedy, the irony is every one of them gives me a knowing. Mm. They have a person in the family like that (laughs) who means well, who means well, but who hijacks the student to follow follow a path that was amazing in their generation. So that is one problem. I think risk-taking is a problem. Mm. The second is we chose not to award degrees. Hmm. Uh, could be because uh, at that time, nobody accepted us as a, an educational institution. They sure. didn't acknowledge us. Who are you? What are you? Hmm. Do you have attendance? We didn't have attendance. How hmm. can I even grant a degree with you? Are you hmm. affiliated? Which university? Hmm. So when uh, uh, we didn't offer degrees, this could not hence be uh, a launch pad for higher education, nor Would so many other companies acknowledge you as a professional if you don't have a degree next to you at that time in 2005? Much has changed today as Zoho Schools graduate is probably well sought out. Mm. They actually zero in on these students and uh, they have a lot of interviews. We keep hearing from the alumni, so many, 90, 95% of our alumni still work in our company. They mm. keep telling us we got a call from X company, mm. Y company and so on. Times mm. have changed. But even today, higher education, uh, that Mohamaya of uh, education abroad and uh, a job elsewhere in the country is actually playing sport. That's the second thing. Uh, primarily, these are the two reasons why I think uh, they haven't scaled. And why aren't other companies? The answer I gave just now was, why aren't more parents willing? Why aren't more students coming in? Yeah. So this year, we interviewed and evaluated 16,000 students. Mm-hmm. And we have chosen 170 like I said. But uh, why aren't so many more coming was the answer I gave. But why aren't more universities and why aren't more uh, organizations or uh, corporate uh, groups starting? I think you need to have individuals, committed individuals who band together Mm. with a long-term marathon view of things. So hmm. if Zoho had been a publicly traded company, for example, this is an experiment that started bearing fruit uh, probably eight years after it was started. Right. There was this long gestation period and uh, I don't know how many companies have that luxury to hmm. have a lab which keeps working, watering and iterating. So that is uh, a beautiful benefit that we have here at Zoho. Right. And uh, Sridhar himself, having seen the pinnacle of academic achievement, he is a PhD student from Princeton after mm. all. So he understands. And when he says, all this is probably just a uh, placebo, mm. uh, we we listen. Yeah, I am a dropout of IIT. Okay. Yeah. I didn't finish what I started. And if I say those are grapes, uh, those <laughs> grapes are sour, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's a different uh, take on it. So... I think uh, you need commitment. Mm -hmm. You need a respect towards uh, hands-on skill Mm -hmm. that Sridhar has, that our CEO has. And uh, people banding around him, people who have been with him for a very long period, people who don't see it just as a job. Mm -hmm. That is how uh, this has flourished. And so probably when uh, uh, such a team comes together is when more companies will adopt it.
1: That makes a lot of sense. And what you said about both society and companies having that risk taking ability, I think the pandemic has only accelerated that. Type. Uncertainty being the norm, or we don't know what will happen, what skills will be in vogue in, in 20 years from now. We don't know. And maybe uh, shorter incubation cycles with, with faster changing curriculum is the way to go,
2: maybe.
0: Yes. Uh, Actually, you actually hit the nail on the head when you talked about the pandemic. This year, that is uh, after one year of lockdown, Mm. the students who who finished their final year of school or diploma in the lockdown uh, phase are actually accepting the concept of Zoho schools in a a much easier Mm. because they understand that this is a shorter period. Mm. Even if it is a risk, it is for a shorter time. Because who knows what's going to hit us a couple of years from now. Let me um, experiment, fail fast, they are saying. Mm -hmm. Let me try this out. Let me see. And the concept of a break here, the concept of having a gap in their resume. Also what? The world has a gap now. (laughs) Every every individual in the world has a gap. What has he been doing? So it's about uh, how you made it interesting for you. What new skills you learned. So it's going to be an additional feather in your cap if you say I did this during this year. So and the national educational policy has that approach to education where they are saying the final year of Mm. higher education in college will be in the industry or they can do a break here and come back and finish their credits. Those are all, I think, um, big foresightful thoughts, at least in paper. Yeah.
1: So uh, I'll pick one more question on the curriculum piece. Um, so just give an example of what the tech curriculum looks like. And it's a uh, how long is the time period?
0: So it is a 24 month program. Mm. Uh, We start in the month of April and finish uh, in the month of uh, February, March, two years later.
2: Mm.
0: But the way it goes is um, the classroom environment is for 12 months. At the end of uh, 12 months of classroom, by classroom, I mean a workshop, collaborative, Mm. uh, guest lectures and uh, projects and assignments and keystones and all that. But it's in a classroom, it's in a guided environment where the teacher takes you along, there's a teaching assistant, students uh, file into a classroom, that kind of environment. After that uh, 12 month period, they are placed into teams. Mm. So we have about 100 teams across Zoho Corporation. So they are placed into by the 12th month already, they would have learned a little bit of everything. Mm. And quite a lot of one of the things, like one of them would be a back-end developer, one could be a front-end engineer, one would say, I want to be an Android developer or an iPhone iOS developer. Mm. One might have said, I want to get into testing and quality Mm. control like that. Mm. This is just for the tech division. There is also design, animation and so on. So they are placed into a team where The teams would have expressed desire saying we are looking for filling uh, openings in this uh, role. In in the team, they are uh, treated as interns and they are uh, given a 21 day period to actually kick the wheels and uh, check the air. So that the student is interviewed by the team, the team is interviewed by the student. It's an extended interview. So what kind of questions do the students ask? How well do they understand? How well do they partake in the uh, communication? Each team has a slightly different subculture. Some of them are talkative, some of them are serious, uptight. Some of them do uh, a lot of uh, individual work. Some of them, the work is all collaborative. It depends on whether it fits the student and the student fits there. So after the 21-day period, they are made permanent in the team. And the next one year, they are an intern learning the ropes in the team. By the end of the 24th month is when they are given the employment offer letter. Till then, they are a student and an intern. So they start with 10,000 rupees per month as a stipend. 10 becomes 12, 12 becomes 15 and so on through the course of the first year. And the second year is again a uh, uh, defined curve. But the idea is by the time the student finishes the 24-month period, the salary that the student gets mm. will be equivalent mm. to the salary that Zoho gives to any four-year degree program graduate that we recruit from the outs nice. So we treat a Zoho school's graduate of two years of training equivalent to A college graduate who appears to our, uh, who joins us uh, after finishing a BTEC BA and so that's Mm. been working out quite well till. Got it. And have you had any dropouts from those schools? Of course, of course, there are both kinds of dropouts. So we start with uh, counseling, both the Mm. students and the parents. There is frequent uh, one-to-one interaction. There are no exams, but we keep a close watch. Mm. And uh, there are some cases where the student says, I'm just not cut out for this. I didn't expect it would be like this. There is too much being placed on the student, Mm. too much expectation in terms of self-discipline. And so some students have opted out. That has happened. And uh, there are also cases where uh, along the way, we have identified some students and said, um, either due to attitudinal issues or due to performance issues, this is just not working out for you. We give them enough time. We give them a certificate and uh, they leave. And even during the second year, During the internship phase, there is a dropout, which means uh, the student comes back to the Zoho Schools of Learning. And we have a separate uh, holding area for them. They attend additional classes. They take additional training. And we put them back in another team. I am a firm believer that there is no perfect uh, manager or a perfect employee. There are only perfect employee-employer relations. So what doesn't work out for a student in one team I've again and again seen the same student flourish and thrive when placed Mm. in a different team. So we give that opportunity to the student. And uh, I would say, what, three to two to three percent would be the dropout in all these years. Mm. The rest of them are still with us. Yeah. Including my son. My son went through Zoho schools and he's a a colleague today. (laughs) He works under Sridhar and uh, he's in Sridhar's team.
1: Awesome. So that's a wonderful segue, Rajendra. Uh, I will switch gears. There are two other topics I wanted to discuss with you. One was your own unique background. Um, I saw your uh, TEDx talk, and I, I realized uh, you know the the path that you took was not at all conventional. I would say uh, dropping out of IIT uh, under very difficult circumstances, and and finding yourself right in a way that it was not it was not a situation where you labeled yourself a failure and uh, let it defeat you, but you have turned out to use that in a very positive way and i would say you found your path i think there is a lot to learn from that experience uh, i would like to deep dive on that and the second one was unschooling your child so i have a four year old i am um, very keen keenly interested in these topics uh, so we'll go one by one so let's first talk about how that experience or maybe not just that experience maybe experience before that also but how that shaped you into being more risk taking and secondly how did you come out of it? Like for many students who are listening, or maybe many young people who are listening an episode like that would have been uh, devastating. And I, in your talk, I heard it was for you, but then you you came out of it and you are a successful, you know, uh, senior uh, leader in one of the biggest organizations in the world. So help us understand or appreciate that journey and and the the behind the scenes in that
0: journey. Okay. So, Mm, there's nothing romantic about it. Mm. If by chance, by mistake, I give it an aura of uh, uh, nice, shiny uh, romance about it, uh, please remove that sheen. Mm. It's ugly. It's dirty. It is like you pointed out, devastating. Mm. It is soul crushing. Mm. It. Uh, I, I lost my dad because of that. He he passed away early because of that. That that bad. So. I was a topper at school. I was a, a performer. Mm. I was a. I was the person the school uh, highlighted. If there mm. was a visit from uh, uh, education department about uh, uh, show me show me the success story in your school, they would identify me. That's mm. how good uh, I was supposed. And then I I, I entered IIT and uh, I thought uh, I am in top of the world and. Uh, I think uh, somewhere in the middle of the second semester at IIT, Madras, I had joined the electronics uh, uh, stream at that time. Mm. I saw a computer for the first time, right. a, real, a real computer. It was a, a timeshare device from Siemens, mainframe, and uh, low at first sight. I simply stuck there, stayed back late in the night, only when the security guard came to send us all away, I ride hiding in the toilet one day (laughs) thinking, thinking they won't check there and I can work all night in the lab. Mm -hmm. Okay. That bad things were okay. Mad. I had gone mad literally. And, uh, I simply couldn't be torn off the computer. I started bunking classes. I started uh, uh, losing out. Electronics is a snowball. If you don't understand principles of electronics part one, you can't make any sense out of POE part two or part three. And uh, I was an idiot. I simply didn't have the maturity to understand uh, what course I was doing versus what I should be studying and so on. And uh, Things deteriorated very, very fast, spiraled yes. downwards. And uh, I found myself uh, receiving a letter from yes. the Institute. I saw, uh, you know, this uh, cinematic thing they do with the lock when the government takes ownership of your uh, shop that, or yeah. something. They put a cloth around your uh, lock and put a seal with a huh? uh, wax on it. Ah, oh, that. They, they had put that on my door. My hostel door, I come back after uh, a late night at the computer center. My lock has that cloth on it. And there is a letter that says, um, you have been rusticated. That's where I learned the beautiful word rustication, basically sending you to the countryside. So I have been rusticated from the institute, asked me to hold on for a semester. My hostel room will not be available anymore for use. And a similar letter has gone to my dad. Mm. Who has been thinking? I am continuing to talk because I never told him anything about what was happening. <laughs> right. So it was that bad. And mm. uh, I didn't really recover from it. I mm. I continued to uh, follow all the uh, looking back. I even laugh. I mock at how bad I was. Mm. And uh, you use the phrase, you found yourself. Mm. <laughs> Nothing of that sort. Mm. Uh, I, I was in a spiral, downward spiral. My wife, found me, my future wife. Luckily, I even today, I thank her every birthday, Mm. her birthday. I say it is not just a happy birthday to my wife. It is a happy birthday to the person who happened to be in the same place at the same time, luckily, and found me. She Mm. saw something in me and she was my worst critic. She used to tell me what nonsense, why are you continuing to do this? You should not do this. You should not do that. And she gave me a lot of corrective advice. Much water had already flown. And um, I had already been asked to leave the institute without a degree. Yeah. And uh, But still, I was working in a lab. A professor saw something in me Mm. and uh, he gave me an opportunity to work in a lab. And that's where I started uh, serious software development. And uh, my wife was working in the same lab and that's when we became very thick friends. And uh, it's been an upward journey since then. My professor, one of the professors who really was very helpful at that time, gave me an insight. He Mm. said, for everybody, Mm. everybody on earth, there are going to be ups and downs and ups and downs and deep troughs and uh, probably some crests and so on. Just think about it this way. All your troughs are already done. They have been yeah. compacted and digested into this phase. Yeah. Thank yourself that you have been healthy physically, that you have a parent group and a family to support you during this phase. Imagine such tragedies happening later in life. So don't worry. From now on, it's going to be a good upward journey. You have hit rock bottom, they said. So I I internalized that message from him. And I wanted to prove to him that um, there is something in me. I can. So Sridhar is my wife's elder brother. Mm -hmm. That's how uh, uh, my wife once said, uh, they are coming together. The brothers are coming together. They are trying to start a software company. Um, Mm -hmm. They are looking for resources. And uh, would you be interested in Mm -hmm. joining our company? And uh, that was when I came up with something. At that time, I would say truly innovative because I didn't have any certificates to show. Mm -hmm. I designed the website. I am the first designer of Zoho.com. At that time, it was (laughs) Bamboo.com. Yeah. So I designed a website, Mm. I added, uh, uh, I threw in some additional logo options, and put all that together, and uh, went to him and showed it to him. So that was my interview. And so, uh, probably, that is when I learned that, particularly with software, Mm. it is not what papers you bring to the table. It is about uh, provability. It is so easy today to give a computer to you, set a a limit of a a number of days or a number of weeks and ask you a challenging question. It is possible for me to reply to that question, not by depriving uh, you access to the Internet or giving you a time, an artificial time limit. All that is silly. Mm -hmm. give an open-ended problem, give them enough time, give them enough access to the internet and ask them to come and surprise you with something amazing. Mm -hmm. Because that is when you see not just the talent, but also the attitude and their stamina, their stick-to-itiveness. Can they Mm -hmm. stick to the job? Can they last the, do they have that stamina? Mm -hmm. So, all these are measured when something like that, an assignment like that, is given. Because I I remember doing that for him. He didn't ask for it. Yeah. I just came up with the idea and went to him with, and he was really thrilled. And uh, the rest is history, like they say. So I I really uh, took that uh, took note of that. And, uh, I have been trying to do that with my students at Zoho Schools today. We have an entrance test mm. once a year, but we also have something called the exam lesson. An examless interview is where a student says, "Uh, I have been a designer all my life. Mm. Look at this scribble I drew at the age of eight. Mm. Look at this uh, greeting card I designed at the age of 12. Look at this animation I came up with, the paper flip animation I did at the age of 15. Look at this award I won at school for designing the school's uh, annual day event at the age of 17. I look at their movie. Don't show me a photograph show mm-hmm. me a movie i say because today if you are a programmer i don't need to give you a test in programming i can just look at your github i yeah. can look at your stack overflow i can look at your writing i can look at how much have you contributed to the world of open source if you are a creative writer i don't need to ask you to write an essay about i can ask you give me your medium blog give me your social handles let me see how many followers you have let me see what they say about you you cannot cheat when i look at your movie yeah. photographs you can cheat you can photoshop a photograph deep faking on a movie is still very hard
1: yeah phenomenal
0: story <laughs> so I, I, I no credit no credit for yeah no credit for self discovery right, right yeah right. i would have been a worthless worm if i hadn't by chance met her and she gave me tough love yeah. she treated me like the like the worthless stranger i was she showed me Hmm. you have so much potential but you are really uh, hmm. insulting hmm. it by uh, continuing to do what you're doing wake up hmm.
1: Hmm. <laughs> awesome awesome um let's shift gears to unschooling Rajendra yeah right. so um, it's a, it's a it's my a, son again uh, yeah the my son was, was uh,
2: okay sorry so, sorry so, you go yeah, ahead
1: yeah see the context is it's a it's a up and coming trend fad fashion if i may call it But very few people have the guts to actually jump in and do it. So the question is, what is the journey of your decision or your child's? maybe more importantly, your son's decision to unschool? And uh, it's not surprising that you would recommend it, given what you have seen with Zoho schools. But how does your family get into it? What what makes you uh, confident that it's not just him entering Zoho, but from a long term perspective, he's prepared for the world. And maybe also talk about, you know, a bit of, what age did he on school? Was it from schooling onwards? Was it college? Yeah, sure, uh, and
0: so on. Yeah. yeah, he was born in the year 2000, mm-hmm. and uh, he went through conventional schooling. Um, we put him in Montessori, but mm-hmm. Montessori was quite popular even in those days. Yeah, he went through a Montessori system and uh, um, went through the international baccalaureate uh, uh, ICSC syllabus. Mm-hmm. In the uh, till class eight, he went through that, mm-hmm. but uh, over time. As and uh, when I observed him while he was preparing for exams, while I was trying to teach him stuff that uh, I used to take him to classes. There mm. used to be a movie based English uh, in English training in Zoho schools. I mm. used to drag him along and say, hey, come watch the movie. Mm. Uh, he used to answer questions that uh, some of our children wouldn't. So he was a precocious child in that sense. Yeah. So. Over time, I started uh, getting the sense that uh, schooling was coming in the way of his education. So uh, I wanted to train him in programming and computer software. He didn't have the time. I wanted to teach him uh, comparative linguistics. Let us understand and appreciate how... Uh, similar concepts in different languages have evolved. I want to teach him something like that. He simply wants to memorize 20 words in Hindi because that is how they ask uh, the exam, uh, the question paper in the exam. So mm. it was continuing. It was starting to become mark-oriented. It was a rat race. It mm. was about ranks and performance. Mm. So I was uh, toying with the idea of giving him a parallel curriculum. And uh, Zoho moved locations around that time. We had to anyway change his school. Mm. And uh, when uh, we moved, sudden thought came up about uh, why not try one year? One year of a break. He's in class 8 now. Shall we just take a break here and try something? And uh, he was too young at that time to take decisions on his own. But we tried to uh, not sell the idea to him. Mm. We tried to discourage uh, the whole idea. But uh, if my wife agrees to something that i say mm. i think uh, i don't need to uh, really think twice about that idea because <laughs> she is uh, she's been she continues to be my uh, best critic in that sense yeah. she takes a counterpoint about everything and so she questioned me she asked me a lot of questions and she wanted to know what uh, how this would flow and all that she's an analytical thinker in that sense so we laid out a structure and uh, started that one year experiment mm. Liu Babuata. Have you heard of this guy? He's a blogger, Ah, the life hacker guy. So yeah, yeah. yeah, he has four kids and he has homeschooled them all. And uh, he was an inspiration. He ran a blog about unschooling. And uh, uh, I learned a lot from that blog. And very important, I didn't homeschool my son and put him through NIOS. Hmm. Because NIOS is uh, homeschooling, and what I did was unschool, or yeah. rather, free schooling. Yeah. So I came up with my own curriculum. Hmm. I connected him with. Um, Performers and uh, achievers and mm-hmm. uh, accomplished professionals in various fields around the world. Thanks to the internet, mm-hmm. so I set him up with a teacher in Australia. I set him up with uh, uh, an English uh, uh, professional, soft skills professional in my own company. Mm-hmm. I gave him programming assignments. I taught him game development. So yes. that is how the we created the curriculum. Mm-hmm. And again, our focus was: can we encourage the child to do of, uh, uh, an unrestricted, uncontrolled, unguided exploration. Mm. Can the child be on his own? Yeah. Just be the safety net underneath. Just ensure they don't fall, they don't slip through the cracks. Can we let the child explore? Mm. And uh, things went out, went through very well. I need to warn to anybody who is listening here this is not for the we Carter. This is not for anybody who wants to have time for themselves. Mm. The me time, the concept of me time is mm. lost. You yeah. cannot watch TV, you cannot watch Netflix, you cannot read a book mm. without involving him in some way. Yeah. You need to be there all the time.
2: Mm.
0: At Zoho, we have flexible timing. So I used to start very early to office. My wife used to come later we both work in the same company. Mm. And uh, I used to go in the afternoons, spend three hours reading world history. Uh, mm. Every day we had a, a curriculum. Today mm. it's history, another day biology. We learned from the best in the world, mm. be it video documentaries, be, be it books, only the best. That's how I had set my standard. Mm. And there were so many failed experiments. Mm. We tried learning something, it simply didn't work out. And we said, okay. We, mm. will, we will fire that author. <laughs> That's yeah. what we used to do. We will fire that author. You are not mm. interesting enough. Mm. But the challenge is we need to find out something else and ensure that learning goes on. So that first year was a real uh, happy. Mm. Uh, for the first time, we were enjoying Mm -hmm. learning and understanding new things and we said uh, probably this is something we can try out for the next few years so Mm -hmm. that is how uh, it really started it started from a confidence if I could make it Mm -hmm. right (laughs) if I could do it probably my son could do it too so that was the confidence I had and my wife uh, thankfully had similar thoughts and today he amazes me with his Mm -hmm. breadth of knowledge Mm -hmm. He talks uh, stoicism one day. Mm-hmm. He talks about uh, uh, free, free climbing. He's devised his own device uh, mm-hmm. to uh, climb a wall. He has created his own uh, practice equipment. Perfect. He mm-hmm. has bored holes on wood and mm-hmm. he has uh, fixed it up in his uh, room home gym. And that breadth mm-hmm. from physical to uh, he is uh, writing a, an Android program. To my TED talk would have talked about him suddenly veering off to organic farming. Yeah. Remember? Yeah? yeah. So after starting at Zoho, I thought all done. He finished uh, homeschooling. He did Zoho schools. And now at Zoho, everything is going to be fun and fine, I thought. Mm-hmm. But uh, he threw a googly at me and said, uh, I, may, I may not be doing this all my life. Mm-hmm. I may want to do farming. And the past couple of years, he has been pursuing that passion. And Mm. now things are coming together. He is writing software and devising hardware implements Mm. for his farming philosophy. That's how things are coming together. (laughs) So I think I have saved him in one Mm -hmm. sense from following a single path and being stuck to. There is amazing confidence in him. Mm. And uh, somehow he's also happy with what he has. Mm -hmm. He sleeps on the floor today. Even I sleep in a bed. He Mm -hmm. sleeps on the floor. Mm -hmm. He -hmm. says, I am uh, cutting down on some of the things that I may not be able to sustain and afford Mm -hmm. in the Mm -hmm. future. When somebody talks like that to you, uh, (laughs) you wonder who is the older person. Yeah, that's uh... (laughs) amazing. Yeah.
1: Amazing. And uh, Rajendra, how did, I mean, how did you cross the bridge on self-motivation? I mean, now looking back at it it is obvious right kids are uh, self motivated and they want to learn they want to become optimal versions of them. but at that time did you feel like you know if i let him do whatever he might just waste his time and you know be on the internet or play games or something like did that cross your mind
0: so yes uh, one thing that uh, probably i i learned over the past many years is we think we think too short term we think a month is very important we think a year is very important i think even a decade even a decade of exploration if it lays the proper foundation for you to launch off i think it's worth it so that's what i tell him too when uh, he worries and wonders what have i been doing the past six months what did i do the last month and so on these are blinks of an eye when mm. you look back uh, uh, like Jeff Bezos said when I am 80 mm. uh, regret minimization and all okay. that uh, when you look back this is the blink of an eye mm. so the uh, the footprint of time mm. in the in the timeline I think it should be much longer than we can than we really do these days. Sure. We think too short term. So right. I think if you can think long enough mm. and uh, lay the foundation strongly enough, and uh, approach it broadly enough i think uh, those are uh, good blueprints for success it is not success at the uh, 1% level mm. but surely it is success at the 10% level you will be in the top 90% top 10% of the happy people in the world, the contented people in the
1: world. awesome i know we are out of time and this has been wonderful it's it's a it's a journey there is a lot to learn from this conversation Rajendra. I'm, I'm Thank you. very thankful for you uh, to be so open and kind. So, um, and I'm sure our listeners will also have a lot to take uh, on all three topics, right? Those uh, schools and and this alternative schools or alternatives to universities. I think there was a lot to unpack there. Your own personal journey and how uh, there has been one relationship that has basically you know brought you back and redeemed you in ways. That's <laughs> yes, also yes. A lot to, uh There's a lot to learn from facing something like that and also coming out of it and Thirdly, your your child's journey. I think it's very inspiring.
0: So I think the, the, the primary thing is there is a second chance. If you aren't dead yet, there is a second chance. <laughs> that is the message, I think.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Wonderful. On uh, that
1: note, I thank you again. Uh, thank you. Thanks so much for spending your Saturday evening with me and I appreciate
2: it and uh, looking forward to more of these conversations. Sure, love it. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Bye-bye.